0: all mary here thanks to everyone who turned out for any and all of our special shows in the last few months we're really grateful for all of your continued support our last two shows of the year will take place on tuesday december 12th in san diego and wednesday december 20th in denver check out our website or facebook page for more details the final theme of 2017 will be chance
1: Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. This next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a
0: theme. Today's story comes from a show favorite, Irene Bonner. This story was recorded live on September 12, 2017, at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego. The theme of the evening was space. So, one time, my mom farted audibly in a Costco. (laughs) A woman was standing right across the aisle from her and made a noise like, ugh! And I said something like, Jesus, Mom! And my mom thought my embarrassment was so funny that she started to laugh, and with every laugh came a merry, butt-cheek, rippling toot. I tried so hard to walk away from her, but she grabbed my arm and held on to me, half using me as support in her fit of laughter and half holding me hostage in an excruciatingly long cycle of laughter and flatulence. Laughter and flatulence. I don't know which came first my mother's enjoyment of watching me struggle with embarrassment, which caused her to torment me until I became a bumbling idiot, or I just have the bumbling idiot gene to begin with. (laughs) Either way, I'm not very good at relaxing, but I am good at doing nothing all day and then worrying about it. So, got that in my cap. I have a constant oscillation of anxieties that wash in and out of my consciousness from understandable concerns like am i putting enough effort into my work and some less so like what if that doll chucky from the chucky film franchise walks into my bedroom right now but i think i'm asleep so i don't move but then he but he's not a dream he's real and then he kills me with a butcher knife that's a real thought I've had. Um, one of the things that gave me the most anxiety growing up, and to be honest, it's still, uh, still a problem <laughs> to this day, is people getting in my personal space. Not in a crazy way, just like I I just don't want people to touch me or... You know, like, speak to me or, like, make noises, like, loud noises. I mean, small noises are fine, but, like, loud noises near me or, like, extended eye contact. That can be a discussion for all another night. So, not crazy, but just the, all of those things that I listed. <laughs> um, that's actually why I hate Greenpeace. And if, <laughs> if any of you, like, are associated with Greenpeace, trust me, it's like, it's not you, it's me but i i hate them and you just a little bit by association but not that much so you know don't worry but uh i don't even know that much about greenpeace but i hate them because i hate the people who peddle greenpeace that their ideology on the street man they're the reason why i don't know more about greenpeace is them those people who sell greenpeace that is why and because they stop me in my path on the street, and I politely but firmly decline like seven times because that's how many times you need to say no thank you and like keep moving. You can't stop because then it's just over. Then you just got like whales and orangutans, and you're like, I don't even have $10 for you, sir. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I just go home. And seethe with just a an inner bubbling rage about that Greenpeace interaction for like the rest of the evening, and then I vow never to ever support Greenpeace. So now you know why. Um, strangers are kind of at the top of my list for like upsetting me when they're nearby, but even acquaintances and colleagues I really like don't want in my personal space. Um, But, you know, like, I'm nice, but, you know, please no. Um, (laughs) I had a Chinese roommate who had a boyfriend who would spend the weekend, um, every other weekend, and he would make these, like, long, deep, like, black lung hacking phlegm coughs that made me just, like, so unreasonably angry in my room, just separated by so much of the apartment. And yeah, I was just sitting in my room thinking about it. Um, And he would leave these like bloody Q-tips in the open trash can next to the sink, I know. And I can think of like at least 10 ways to get a Q-tip like drenched in blood, but I don't want to imagine any of them. And by him leaving those in the trash, he's forcing me to think about what these Q-tips, so what's what's happened to these Q-tips? And that is a violation of my personal space, like the, in the head, the personal space in here. Um, But I've always been too polite to address any of these situations. Um, I So you can, this is a tip from me to you. I prefer to push them down deep inside until I create a little rage diamond. And then late at night, I take out my shining jewel of hatred and I stroke it like a golem and his precious, the one ring, if you will. Well done, well done. So you guys can always do that. I won't. It's not patented, so. Uh, <laughs> I should. When I was a teenager, one of my mom's favorite things to do was force me to interact with people I absolutely did not want to interact with. She did the usual mom stuff, like, oh, honey, do that monologue you practiced in theater for Janice. And then she would get really irritated when I didn't give, like, a Sean Penn in Mystic River type of performance. (laughs) And it's just like, mom, I'm pretending to be a pirate, and I babysit these women's dogs. Like, I can't, she's a business associate, like, I just, I can't get down with that. But um, that's not even, like, the worst thing she did. The worst thing she liked to do was um, actually at the mall. Um, Do you guys know those salespeople who have booths, like, in the middle of walkways in the mall? You're forced to walk past them in order to get to stores like you actually want to go to. And the only thing separating these people from carnies is, like, that they have more teeth and maybe, like, haven't done as much meth. Like, that's all. Just like a minuscule step up from carnies because they just make too much eye contact and they, like, beckon you and then they're like, oh, eye cream. And you're like, oh, God, please no. Um, And I personally like to move away, like, to the opposite side of the walkway that those people are on um, or just, like, pretend I'm busy, like, looking in a shop even though it's, Like, I don't know, like men's ties or something. I don't even care. I'll just look at that until I pass them or just like walk briskly through the danger zone. But my mom liked to pretend we were going to breeze past these people. And then at the last minute, she like grabbed my arm and pushed me in front of her and then like make me talk to them. Uh, One time she pushed me into a sales lady who was selling scented neck pillows. They were supposed to calm you after a long day of work. And the lady said, breathe deep and put a floral neck pillow like in my face. But I didn't realize that the pillow had some sort of menthol in it. So I just took like this hearty, just like whiff, like deep and I just almost passed out. It was just like bamboo shoots straight up the nose with the menthol. And while I was stumbling around and just my eyesight was just telescoping, (laughs) was just almost on the floor. Um, I was like knocking stuff over on her case, and the, lady, the sales lady was asking me if I was okay, and my mom was just like in the corner, just like cackling away. Just it was the <laughs> funniest thing to have me almost pass out in front of a stranger, and uh, that's not even like the worst, worst one. Uh, I'll tell you the worst one. Um, I uh, I should start by admitting that the first time I felt sexual stirrings, <laughs> this will be. <laughs> important, trust me, Um, (laughs) was when I was, like, 10, and I saw Jeff Goldblum shirtless in um, Jurassic Park. And, (laughs) yeah, I know. It was, like, just, like, an awakening, really, when I saw it. And um, he was just so glistening and tan and just, like, this dark hair. And, um I like still get butterflies when I like watch Jurassic Park or like see him in it, or even like even that part when he's in the helicopter and he's laughing like a rock tumbler. like I'm still like, oh, that's so good. Chef Goldblum. Um anyway, so there was a guy um selling those like spindly head massagers in the middle of the mall. So I'm sure he was um, right where he wanted to be in life. And uh, he looked a lot like Jeff Goldblum. And uh, I I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so I'm being a little generous when I say he looked like Jeff Goldblum because very few people looked like anything except like pale, sun-deprived hipsters. So he was like vaguely swarthy and older than me. So Jeff Goldblum. Um, naturally, because he was attractive, I was just, like, immediately repelled and wanted to be, like, on the other side of the universe, just, like, never even acknowledge my presence. Um, and my mom, I'm just sure, picked up on that, because, like, parents have this very keen sense for just when you are at your lowest. Um, and when he said, Hello, ladies, would you like a head massage? She just threw me in front of him, and I, I felt like a trapped mouse, you know, how they get, they're just so still that they're almost shaking and they got those like wide beady eyes. And you can see like it's either their heart or like their breath and it's just like, pa, 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 pa. That was just me standing there. And um, I, I just <laughs> couldn't even handle it, but there I was trapped. And uh, I recently went to a pet store that had a goliath bird eater just stay with me um and in the cage there were three live crickets just like walking around and um, they must have been just like dropped in there for this tarantula to eat and one of the crickets was like walking on top of a little rock and the tarantula which is just like a total living nightmare um you can like google the bird eater tarantulas but they're horrifying just like every other tarantula on earth um, and if you want to talk about things that just, like, make my skin crawl, they're, like, right up there with, like, people clipping their toenails in public. So um, that tarantula was walking around in its cage, and um, I asco- assume it was just trying to escape because it's, like, Satan's minion. And um, it climbed onto the rock that the cricket was walking on, and the cricket just stopped, and its antenna were, like, just vibrating with you know, whatever kind of cricket fear it was feeling. And the tarantula just like stepped its legs over this cricket, just like one, two, three, and the cricket was just there. And that moment when my mom made me go up to the head massager guy, I was that cricket just like waiting for death to befall me. So Jeff Goldblum, as we will call him, placed the spindle legs on my head So they shifted down through my hair and onto my scalp. He placed a cologne-scented hand on my shoulder and gently massaged up and down, up and down to the melody of the ocean music playing from his booth. And it was the most uncomfortable I have ever felt just in my entire life. My whole body was tensed and I could feel like all the hair on the back of my neck just raised to full height and my face was just like... 300 blood spatter red just right up there um, just instantly and uh, Jeff said now just relax isn't this nice um, and I could barely make out her like uh-huh, While the thought like this is how I die this is how I die this is how I die was just running on a loop through my head meanwhile my mom was just full-out guffawing just right next to me as she watched me struggle she had to put her right knee in the crook of her left knee, because whenever she laughs too hard, she starts to literally piss her pants. So she has to, like, just clench as hard as she possibly can in order to keep that from happening. And she she was watching me suffer through the touch of another human being, and my jaw was just clenched so tight, my neck was, like, starting to strain. And she was cackling so hard, she just had to put her purse on the ground and just, like, rest on her knees, she's laughing that hard. And Jeff started to massage my shoulder with a free hand and kept repeating, relax, relax. And my mom was like gasping, yeah, relax Irene, while she was wiping tears out of her eyes. And after an eternity where I think I burst into flame and then rose from my own ashes, um, Jeff finally, took the torture device off my head and said, ah, now wasn't, wasn't that nice? Now don't you feel better? And I tried to nod, but I think all that happened was um, my, the left half of my face just spasmed uncontrollably. And he asked, uh, now would you like to buy one of our nice head massagers? And my mom said, "Uh, ah, no thanks. And then she took my arm, and we made our way to the food court. <laughs> Thank you.
1: The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app